Hello and welcome to the SDC Fit Learning Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name's Ben Scott. I'll be joined by Jason Galea. Thanks for joining us on our way to create 1 million positive outcomes for personal training clients by 2030. The podcast is brought to you by at STC Fit Learning, a page created to upskill and educate PTs and gym nerds. Also brought to you by at STC Fit, and that's a place for all your online and in-person personal training needs. If you enjoyed today's episodes, please give us a share and tag on the Instawebs. You can tag at STC Fit, at STC Fit Learning, at Ben Scott SC, and at Jason Galea PC. Hope you enjoy the show. Rock guitar fades out and the podcast begins. I'm really enjoying this new this new intro. Hey, well, we can cool. just ad lib talk. Like, yeah, we, we don't, don't have, have to do a. Like we don't have to have chatted for 20 minutes and then go, are you ready? We need yeah. to do an intro. Yeah. And then try and be professional because we're not good at it. <laughs> yeah. We got, we got way too much attitude for that then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Jason? How's your dog? You've I'm tired. left everyone hanging last week on the new so puppy. Tired. I'm so tired. He's um, outside at the moment with my other dog so that I, we don't have like, you probably will hear it anyway, just like a high pitched squeal in the background. So it's just him who like wanting to come inside. No, he doesn't even want to come inside. He just wants the door open so he could come inside if he wants to. Because <laughs> he was outside anyway. And I just closed the door because I didn't want him coming in here because he's got a habit of dropping presents um, in dad's office. So I didn't want to have to have the door open so he could potentially give me a present during the middle of the podcast. <laughs> so yeah. Um, that might cute. be entertaining though if we just listen to you. Yeah. Like the, com- the commentary. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, yeah, he's pretty cute. I forgot uh, how hard it is to, uh, you know, raise a a, a newborn puppy. <laughs> I'm just like, right, this is uh, this is the last one. Um, ooh, sorry about that. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a mess. All this all this talk about the puppy and yeah, the phone starts ringing. I'm a mess at the moment. Um, so yeah, had a couple of bad nights sleep, but you know, he just needs to know understand the rules of life. So yeah, you know, it's like. I, I made this decision, so I'm his guide, I'm his yeah. parent, I'm going to, you know, lay down the, the foundations of like what life is for him and, you know, guide <laughs> him along the way. So it's just, yeah, learning like all of that stuff. And yeah. like, we were super prepared this time. Like I've got um, like crate trainings a thing. So I've got a crate, um, like I've got a pen. So like, we didn't have any of that stuff for clear. I was just like, ah, yeah. oh, get a dog and we got a bed and like, you know, Send you don't. Yeah, pretty much. So this time I thought it'd be heaps easier, but uh, it's been far from that. So yeah. I think he's a little bit of a demon, if yeah. I'm being very honest, like demon child. So uh, which will be good. Uh, Give him a bit of attitude when he's older. So, the idea of uh, Cleo helping's maybe gone the other way. Yeah. Yeah. So a hundred percent it's gone the other way. <laughs> so like she's turned into this like super playful, yeah. like, you know, hyperactive dog. And when she get, like, gets super wound up, like you can't even stop it. There's no stopping it. And I'm like, I have to like kind of separate them and like kind of cuddle her and like kind of pin her down and like just pat her till she like stops, like, you know, bring her um, resting heart rate down. It's like, <laughs> fuck man, like you should just chill out. So, and then he, I swear to God, they were talking to each other when they were outside because he wanted like something that was like kind of in the bush and Cleo just started digging it, like digging in the same spot. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you two conspiring to <laughs> like right now? And if that's happening now, yeah. imagine when you're like, he's, they're both massive. 
I'm like, I'm in for it. So yeah. after that, booked one of them into puppy school and the other one's going to adult dog school. <laughs> and I also have some home sessions with a dog obedience trainer coming up too. Yeah. So I was saying to, um, saying to Ben, <laughs> I had like a mentorship program sorted out like for this first half of the year about like muscles and muscle physiology. So that's being put on the back burner because the current mentorship that I'm learning is dog obedience for two dogs, <laughs> two large bed dogs. How to handle two German shepherds. So once my, I'll be excited. Once I'm a, like a master dog trainer, I can then do my muscle physiology mentorship program. Yeah. Can you come and fix dad's dog? Uh, oh, no, no. It's just for me. It's just my dog. <laughs> <laughs> your, dad, your dad's dog's too far gone, mate. Yeah. I've actually settled down. They're not too bad. Yeah, not I could bad. imagine. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that happens here too, like, it's just that initial, you know, yeah, like them getting to know each other kind of thing. So yeah, it's uh, took her about three months to realize that the garden bed is where we go to the toilet, not on the concrete where the people go. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Um, can't wait three months. Yeah, so hoping he picks up a bit quicker. <laughs> <laughs> I've kind of worked him out. I've kind of worked him out like how when I know he needs to go to talk because he just like puts his nose like real close to the ground and he just like doesn't stop for about two minutes. And I'm like you're looking for the best place to shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I've kind of figured him out. Yeah. However, sometimes he, I'll, I'll drop me guard and you know, he's he, gets, he gets me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. weekly, weekly new foods, Jason, anything exciting? Weekly new foods. Uh, I've been actually, I, I started the muscle chef thing. I started eating uh, tuna again. So <gasps> yeah, I know I'm, I actually walked past, um, a couple of cans of tuna in the shop and I was like, you know what? I think it's time. It's been <laughs> six years. It's been six years since I competed. And uh Fuck, it's, it's time. Been that long. Yeah, I think it was 2014. Oh, so yeah. like five years and whatever months up until November. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was like, it's time. It's time. So I had uh, a little bit of I bought the good tuna though this time. So this time uh, six years is gone and the expendable income has increased as well, which has been great. <laughs> so I don't have to buy like dollar Aldi tuna yeah. in spring water. Uh, so that's been quite good. Uh, so it was quite delicious. I think I'm, I'm much better at like food construction as well. So it was like a little bit of pickled ginger, a little bit of dried shallots, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So I made like a, yeah, I made like a rice and uh, tuna like bowl with like other nice tasting things that I have money to buy now where before it was just like, Two meals. Yeah, it was like a dollar bag of rice that would get me, you know, five, six bowls or whatever, however much dried rice gets you. And then yeah. it was like a dollar can of tuna yeah. and mustard and barbecue sauce or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So whatever it needed. That has been the uh, the new food of the week. I've, I've been eating um, the Misashi have good protein bars now. I'm going to throw it out there. They do. So like they've been, they haven't been that great, you know, for a very long time. I feel like they've really upped their game. And um, the they've got a real high protein one, about forty five grams or something. Now it's not a nice protein bar, but it's the nicest high protein bar, if that makes any sense. So HPLC With, one yeah. is no good without making you feel like an atomic bomb's just gone off and you. Yeah, yeah, and, you, and and without feeling like you've got an accumulation of lactic acid in your jaw. Yeah, from <laughs> chewing, and it's like all of a sudden it's like, was my face wider? Like what the fuck? Like yeah. you know. Um, so yeah, like I've been putting those in the menu this week, mm -hmm. trying to, uh, rotate between those and my high I have protein started doing that aisle in the supermarket in, uh, hopes that they're on special. Yeah. But this week, the, the small tubs of Chobani, the 170, 
the flavored ones, 170 gram tubs were a dollar. Yeah. So oh, I opted, opted for the Chibani rather than the protein oh, bar this week. Yeah. So I've, I've got that rotation happening too, because I'm a massive tight ass. Yeah. Um, well, not really a tight ass. I eat a lot, like, man. I, I spend a lot of money on food. Yeah. yeah. And like, because I order the meals and stuff, I'm like, I've got to just try and find a way where I can kind of cut the corners a little bit, you know? Yeah. Because I still want to have that convenience. I'm, I want to pay for that convenience. Yeah. Of, the, of having the pre made deals. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I didn't get any yogurt this week because um, they weren't. None of them were on sale. Like the high protein ones, I was like, "Fuck is this?" Like usually, mm. it's always like a rotation of like one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you a Woolies shopper? I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not to a, be honest, Coles has been lackluster the last maybe month. I reckon. I reckon they went real hard over Christmas. Yeah, got everyone in. Yeah, and now they're like, yeah, just jack the prices up. Everyone's on their New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Stop doing their sales. Um, yeah. And make all the money that they lost over Christmas, maybe. I have no um, allegiances to uh, like shopping centers or like uh, supermarkets, sorry. I have an issue with Woolworths meat. Really? Uh, yeah, because I buy mints a lot. Yeah, um, okay. The Coles lean mints is very good and not gritty. And the mm. chicken's always good too. Whereas yeah, right. I don't find Woolworths meat to be very good. Interesting. Probably yeah, like the nice. higher end cuts are probably no different, but just like... I buy mints pretty much every week and their mints isn't good. Yeah, right. That's what swings me. Well, mate, with that song bowl, got to get the right mints with the old song bowl. That's it. There's a, <laughs> there's a rotation of song bowl and um, basically just taco mints with corn. Yeah. And rice. Isn't taco mints, like, isn't taco seasoning in general, like, the best food ever? The best combination of, like, spices or whatever the fuck it is. Like, I was talking to one of my clients about it. He's like... Because I said to him, like, if I was a if I was a combination of foods, like my body, I would be like fucking half chicken, yeah, probably like half whey protein or something. <laughs> and um, he was like, I would be ninety percent chicken and ten percent um, taco seasoning. Yeah, yeah. We've even started putting the we're it's stupid. We're doing like an Asian um, egg noodle um, dish, like stir fry for dinner with like yeah. snow peas and capsicum and shit. Yeah. But when I, I do the chicken, kind of like poach, like shallow poach. Yeah. Um, but I put soft taco seasoning on the chicken before I put it. It's like, it's Mexican and then it's Asian, bro. It makes no sense. It's such a confusing meal. But it does taste pretty good. And that is not surprising. That it no, comes from you, it's definitely not. Yeah. I was listening to the, you talk about your, like, your tuna and how you've evolved and I have not. <laughs> <laughs> Still cook like... Still cook like a single 20 year old, like yeah. with an income of like $150 a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I can cook really good meat when I have, have make the choice to spend the money on it, but I yeah. usually don't. Yep. Yep. I'm a very yep. convenient so, based, convenience based eater. Mm. Um, yeah. But I just had, speaking of convenience, I had a can of rice cream out of the fridge. Very important. Don't eat it out of the cupboard. Yeah. Yuck. With 50 grams of sultanas and 50 grams of chocolate topping. Very, yeah. very delicious post-workout. Yeah, um, so not, not needing a uh, protein source because you had that early in the day at some time? Or? So I'm also yeah, making my way through two tubs of Chobani. So amino acids pulling in the bloodstream, so no need for a supply of, uh, of amino acids, fresh amino acids, man? Yes, that is right. There you go. I have eaten. You can draw back off them. Yeah, it's actually not a bad. The rice cream's not too bad. I think it's sixteen grams alone. Yeah, well, there's there's uh, then, protein in there's protein in rice. So yeah, and then your Chibani. Dare we say it? It doesn't have a complete amino acid profile. 
<laughs> you can't say that, Jason. Um, and then, yeah, the Chobani's got a 13. So you're kind of over that, almost up at 30 grams. Yeah, nice. And I'll probably have two Chobanis. Just it depends how loud me eating it is going to be on the podcast. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, so what are we going to get stuck into today, Ben? What are we going to talk about and discuss? So uh, I believe you got the question during the week um, just about... The other aspects, I don't know if you can hear that or not, but my emails are going crazy. No, man, I can't um, hear it, so don't stress. The question about like what other health markers, I guess, does a personal trainer slash coach look at? Hmm. Um, what other things do they take into consideration? And it's going to be, gonna be an interesting discussion. I think that kind of topic is going to come up a little bit, just the difference hmm. between a trainer and a coach. Hmm. Um, which which word maybe people should be using or shouldn't be using um, at different times and expect it, understanding maybe for the consumer as well, like what you're looking for and why there's that price difference between the two. Yeah, and probably to expand the dialogue a little bit more on the question, um, the, this particular individual was just like curious that are there coaches and ourselves who think about other aspects of health outside of physical health. So are we just solely invested in improving the physical markers of health, like in working on like activity and abstinence of like pain and whatnot that's related to uh, the physical aspects of health? Or do we think about other things as well? And do we work towards them? Or do we even take into consideration that those things are important to the client themselves? And maybe we'll put certain other aspects on the back burner with the idea of improving them and, you know, all those kind of things. So I thought it was a great question and I did answer it directly to this person, but it's, I, I feel like it's a, it's a topic that we could discuss uh, in this space and on this platform for everybody to listen to, to have a bit of an understanding of like what they all are, what they all kind of mean. And then we talk about like just how we can relate them to a personal training setting, you know, and yep. give you guys examples of how we, how we coach our clients you know, and, how we work with them to, to consider some of these things. Not all of them, because some of them are outside of scope and mm. you know, compliance, 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 not a doctor, not a this, not a that. But yeah. Can you guys hear that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he's so he's found me. He knows he knows my the rooms on the side of the house now. So I'm I'm apologizing in advance. The demon child has found me. <laughs> Uh, poor Mav. He just yeah, wants to be loved. He's right here. This is, <laughs> this is not going to end well. <laughs> um, all right. So I think, it, um, I think the first place to start, the first place to start is probably like understanding like, you know, the basis of like what health means or what we think health means. Cause I guess it's like a really open-ended, <laughs> just give me a minute. I've got to sort him out. Pardon the interruption. <laughs> All right, take two. <laughs> I have no idea where we're up to there. Because so, Mav, so Mav, Mav is on the loose. We may have a feature of Mav, we may not. Or Jason uh, might just had an extreme just, mess to clean yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. It's, Hope all your most, toilet doors are closed so he has no access to toilet rolls. Most likely all of the, all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, so is, what are we referring to when we talk about the term health? Jace. So it's uh, it refers to a state of complete emotional and physical well-being. So you take that as you wish, but 
generally that's like what we're thinking about when we refer to health and probably not the space now or that we don't really have the time given the the complex dialogue of stuff we're going to talk about today but even like when someone says like something's healthy it's like i always like try and challenge them about that and i'm like well what is it why what does it mean and you know like how does it yeah how is that thing healthy because i feel like sometimes that's subjective as well like what are people's interpretations of that but just diving through and just trying to find like one sentence that kind of clears it all up yeah it's a state of complete emotional and physical well-being so then we think about what does that comprise of so we've got physical health we have mental health we have social health emotional health and environmental health and all those have their own you know descriptions and we're going to go into them all we're going to start at the top of physical health so ben if you were to explain um the crux of like what that would mean like what where would you start and what are some things that you would you would consider yeah so this is going to be the one the field that we play in the most um as personal trainers or coaches or whatever term you want to use um in the job description this is really where we're at so physical activity um nutrition alcohol drugs um medical self-care rest and sleep so there's a couple in there obviously outside of our scope but physical activity is obviously the number one thing that we're looking at it's kind of when people think i'm going to work with a personal trainer i'm going to work with a coach or whatever usually this is the first place that they they think and the role of a personal trainer grew out of basically doing sessions with a physio ongoing is too expensive so that was outsourced to somebody else to oversee that kind of post rehab training um which then evolved into losing weight toning up and then evolved into the industry that we have now so physical activity itself um from a more generalist i guess viewpoint you're looking at um, strength, flexibility, endurance, absence of pain, um, those kind of fundamentals being able to live in bunny ears for the ear people, a healthy life. Yep. Um, anything to add on that one? Uh, no, I think that um, like physical health helps, uh, I guess, move us away from those uh, like risk factor levels of like disease. So we're talking like, you know, obesity, cardiovascular disease mainly. So, it's really like helping us move into a healthy weight range, healthy body fat levels, healthy BMI, um, those kind of things. And then still servicing like absence of pain uh, from like a joint perspective as well and improvement or maintenance of like overall body function. So I guess like that's how, or maybe that's how we work with one's physical health as well. Yeah. So generally in the scope of a personal trainer, I guess there is a little bit of a, sliding scale as to how much influence we have on that so the main the main ones that we mentioned there is like um, strength flexibility absence of pain it's kind of like our wheelhouse then managing things like um doing the exercise is obviously going to help contribute to things like obesity and blood pressure and all that type of stuff but it's not necessarily stuff that we manage we're working with somebody else typically to manage that type of thing um so we're kind of outsourcing to an expert, but yet 
a GP or somebody else. Um, and then you're kind of going down, going down as, as I guess deep as you want into that and talking about things like blood work and um, profiling that, which really is outside the personal training scope unless you have some kind of um, further qualifications. Yeah. Um, so a good idea to typically refer that out and have someone that you're liaising with um, or just a really good GP. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You, uh, in my opinion, you want to refer most of that stuff out anyway. You don't need to take on any more stuff than you like already have as a coach. You know, yep. if you've got enough clients and you know, you're, you're more of a coach than you are of a, as a PT and you're working on, habit change and behavior change and you know you're working on their training and improving and keeping them accountable and stuff like taking on some more stuff like trying to be like a pseudo doctor um it's just like a lot of extra work that you don't need to do yeah 100 percent um so the next one nutrition and diet so if you have the appropriate qualifications then we can kind of go down into this realm as well so um jason and myself do have a cert in this space um, includes nutrient intake, fluid intake, healthy digestion, et cetera, et cetera. So I think this would be an interesting one to kind of delve into. So I think you do a little bit more down this rabbit hole than what I potentially do. Um, I actually operate lower than the scope of practice that we have within our qualification deliberately. Um, yeah. I just, I like to kind of, for example, I don't write meal plans. Um, yeah. Even for competitors and stuff, it's like, here's how to put together a meal plan. Follow these rules. Um, follow these rules and that's going to kind of get you where you need to go. If that stops working. So when we talk about like um, healthy digestion and stuff like that, it's like, oh, I'm feeling really bloated. Cool. What did you eat? Maybe try something different. Yeah happy to kind of operate in that space, but it's not my job to be like, Hey, maybe you're gluten or dairy intolerant, or maybe this It's just like, what could you change with your diet within normal, reasonable kind of realm to fix stuff like that. And then if there's anything that's diagnosed, like I'm out, like yeah. I, I will still typically do exactly the same thing. So it's like calories, macros, fiber, um, here's how to put together your meal plan. I can help manipulate energy balance and macros to achieve the physical outcomes that you want. But in terms of like, whether it be diabetes or um, I had one the other day that came up, I haven't heard for ages actually was just like an issue processing fructose. Yeah. Um, and I was like, look, I'll work with your, whoever. Yeah. whoever it is you're working with. I'm happy to manage your energy balance and macro split within that. And then they can help you select what food you need to eat. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, that's certainly kind of the scope of practice that we have anyway. So if someone seems apparently healthy, then we have the scope of practice to give uh, recommendations on nutrition and stuff. But once that is not, they're not apparently healthy, hmm. then we have to work in a line with said allied health professional, nutritionist, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So if you don't have the qualification, um, the we've talked about it on the podcast before is like the easiest place to start is the hand plan from precision nutrition um, that we use as well is just portion sizing, basically like just, just managing portions. Yeah. So just, just to throw or open up a can of worms here because I want to do that right now. Good. When it says includes nutrient like intake and like it should say like a sufficient nutrient intake. Yep. So that means that there's carbs, proteins and fats as a nutrient 
Then we've got vitamins, minerals, trace minerals, etc., which are kind of inside those major kind of food groups. So if you think about it in that way, there really is very few bad foods out there, very few unhealthy foods out there. So yes, there's some foods that maybe if we consumed, like maybe the devil's in the dosage and you consume a certain amount and you know, there's an accumulation of Excel. Like I was talking to someone about eating too much canned tuna. So canned tuna has been the topic for the week. And it was like too much canned tuna can give you an unsafe amount of uh, mercury in the blood just with like how the, the tuna sauce, I'm pretty sure is the, is the case. And they say it's only safe to have, I think maybe three cans a week. Yeah. Something like that. And, and then this less, less if you're pregnant, right? Yeah. So this particular individual is having like four cans a day. Yeah. So, um, and then started to show the signs of like, uh, I wouldn't say mercury poisoning, but you know, like something along those lines. So, um, that's when that's a situation when like the devil's in the doshas. It's not that the tuna is in itself uh, unhealthy; it's the amount. So, just wanting you guys to think perspectively about like when you think about foods and you're like, oh, that um, that that those Alan snakes that you had um, are unhealthy, and it's like, are they? Mm. Like, maybe that person's hyperactive needs, you know, a bolus. <laughs> a bolus dose of nutrients and in particular in the form of carbohydrates, something that's like going to, you know, metabolize quite quickly so we can use it for energy. Yeah. So if that person kind of, if it, that particular food type serves that purpose, then is it really unhealthy? You know, uh, is it really sending someone away from a, st- a state of complete physical, emotional well being? Yeah. And imagine giving that person brown rice. Yeah. So like, cause the last thing on there's healthy digestion. It's like, Oh, so the person that's going to say that snakes are bad is going to say, Oh, brown rice is it's good. healthy. Yeah. So, okay, cool. So now I need to get that 120 grams of carbohydrates that I was going to get from one bag of snakes from uh, maybe four, 500 grams of rice. Um, and how's that going to feel in your digestion? And then try and do that four or five times a day. It's going to be pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. So I've always like, like once I kind of got into the nutrition space and started to like, you know, just think about or well, know more of this stuff, I've just gone, I've always started to question like, you know, what, why is food, why is this food unhealthy? Why is this, this, and why is that, that? And started to really think like, there really isn't many foods and people are going to have like certain foods and respond to them differently. And they're going to potentially have some things that make them feel physically unwell so that might be a particular trigger food for them or a food that this doesn't sit well with them but that doesn't mean that that food is quote-unquote unhealthy yeah yeah it's just like an individual responsibility yeah 100 so before we move on from that um if we are saying that the part of the role of a personal trainer is to create physical well-being um, or health then includes nutrient intake and seeing like a broad spectrum of nutrient intake based on let's assume you don't have a qualification. Then the only thing that you are able to recommend is what's basically recommended by the government in the healthy eating guideline. guideline. So anything keto, paleo, juice cleanse, anything else outside of that 
is outside of your scope. Um, and really like you shouldn't be encouraging anything like that. Like even the, the fasting, all of that type of stuff, like that's outside of your scope as a personal trainer. Yeah. Um, and it's important to be aware of that, I think. Yeah, it seems like a space that like people just want to rush into. Like we all know that we all understand like just how important, uh, well, sorry, personal trainers understand the importance of nutrition and how it can uh, affect their clients' physical outcomes. So it seems like a space they want to dive into too quickly and probably get sucked in just with a little bit of mal- uh, misinformation and stuff as well. However, um, what we need to understand as well is that if we give out information that is not true, we can really start to create some complications, not only like for, towards someone's like physical health, but maybe like just the way they think about food, you know, emotionally and mentally and stuff as well. And then that can lead to, you know, potential disordered eating and stuff down the track just because of the information that we may be passed on that's been untrue and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, if that space interests you, go and, you know, research and see like how you get into that space to give yourself proper education on how to deliver and, prescribe information if that's what you want to do yeah and then other than that it's just like find a good network like people like your clients don't care um that you've referred out to like the appropriate professional to kind of service what you can't like they'll actually respect you for it it's like i think what people especially pts in particular and if clients are thinking this as well they might need to stop is like your personal trainer is not your one-stop shop yeah. like it's not a one-stop shop for like everything they're not your doctor they're not your counselor they're not your exercise prescriber and motivator and your nutritionist and you know whatever whatever else you you know your chiropractor or whatever it's like they're not they're not this one-stop place like you know they've got a zone of genius whether at the you know powerlifting bodybuilding or physique training or body transformations or you know something along those lines you're not going to be able to get most people and they're just like the best at everything Mm -hmm. so it won't be an accident if that person says cool go and see this person We'll go and see this person and that's the sign of someone who does have a specialty yes someone who understands and has learned something to a level where they look at something else and go actually i don't know that much about that i either a need to go get help or b send you somewhere to get help um like jason and i have been around the traps a little while now and we can kind of operate on the fringes of all of those things Yep. So it's like um, definitely strength. Strengths is like programming, nutrition, et cetera, um, communication, mindset stuff, um, starting to be much more efficient in dealing with injuries and programming around them and all that type of stuff. And we have um, allied health certificates as well. Um, but still like, it's like, try this. That didn't work. Go see someone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as a trainer, don't think you have to do everything. Yeah. Um, be willing to share the load around. And because mm-hmm. like we said, the, the client is what's important at the end of the day. Yeah. So the next one, this will be interesting. Um, I was actually having this discussion in one of our Academy calls yesterday, um, just around alcohol and drugs. Yeah. Um, so one of the impacts on physical health is obviously going to be alcohol and drug intake. This is for mine one that it's going to be outside of most personal training conversations. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know about you, but I've very rarely had the conversation of stop doing that. <laughs> um, 
yeah. I've had conversations where it's kind of like, okay, if you're going to do that, manage it this way. Um, and I've also had conversations where it's like, if you, you're at, I've had clients go from a certain, through a certain range of progress and then that progress has stopped. And I've just kind of gone, look, for us to move beyond this, this is the thing that you need to address. Yeah, I think the alcohol things are always going to be a big conversation. Just like, you know, if we look at it, it's uh, one of those common things that we do as a society. Like I think everyone around the world knows uh, Australians for being really heavy drinkers and stuff. Yeah. And it's funny because like I'm not a heavy drinker at all. So if, like, yeah. if, like you go overseas and like, oh, you're an Aussie. Like, you know, you're like, drinking um yeah you, you're a heavy drinker i'm like, well, not me mate i'm no. not i'm not a heavy drinker at all but yeah. we most of those things or most of the things that come with um or most of the side effects that come with like excessive alcohol consumption are really going to affect like the the things that we're trying to achieve in the gym it makes you weaker it makes you sleep bad it makes you perform shit suppresses muscle protein synthesis it puts you in a situation where you make bad food choices you know, all of those things, you just write all those down. It's like, that's a shitstorm for a PT trying to get results with the client. Yeah. However, um, just with the alcohol on itself, so I'm just talking about alcohol, uh, it's probably the devil's in the dosage again. Devil's in the dosage and the frequency. So if you've got people that are like, every now and then, they just let their hair down, go out with their friends, have a few, have a good night, get up the next day, pay for it. But like, you know, they, they feel really happy about the fact that they, they caught up with some friends and they had a really fucking good time. And that's generally myself. Um, that's generally how I operate. Like if I'm going to go out, I'm going with the boys happens every now and then we have a crack, you know, and it's like, I actually feel extremely good about it. Cause I had a good time. Yeah. Except for the day after. Um, but that servicing and other aspects of health, which we'll probably dive into a little bit later. Um, and it hasn't really kind of taken me that far away in the goalposts when we think about like, you know, body composition, which is the main thing that I'm trying to work on at the moment and all those things and markers of health, like it doesn't really affect many of them. So markers of physical health so we just need to understand that i think a little bit and then have that conversation with your client if you're not getting the results that you want or if you're a client and you're not getting the results you want it's like all right let's put my behaviors under a microscope and it's like which one of these is actually affecting my results and which one am i even willing to change as well because some people might not want to want change like i've got a few clients that like negotiate their business over drinking like it's just I had a, um, it was a Chinese guy in particular. Like I've had a few people, but like, it's like a Chinese tradition to get like fucking mortal drunk when you've done a business deal or even as you do the business deal. So it's like, it's going to be pretty hard for that person not to like say yes, because they just get like fucked up drunk. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, so do you want to buy my business? Or like, you know, do you want to do this? And they're like, yeah. It's like, I wonder if like they wake up the next day going like, fuck, shouldn't have done that. (laughs) Did I sign that napkin? God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another situation where it's like, we can't really stop how it like someone's business operates or whatever, like that stopping that behavior might affect them in other ways Mm. as well. So just got to be really transparent with people. And it's like, okay, continue to do that behavior. Um, Like, we can keep you where you are. Yeah. You know, if you're happy where you are, cool. Or if you're happy where to stay here for the next three months or whatever, whilst you do all that stuff, it's fine. When it's when you start thinking about like, like excessive medications and um, like drug use and stuff like that. It's just like, that's starting to really work outside the scope. And you know, that's when you know, those things need to be addressed by, and even just like, uh, like excessive, alcohol consumption that's like starting to get like you know on the like on the other side of like unhealthy or 
yeah, we so need to start you know, be described right. as alcoholism. Yeah, that's it. And then we're yeah. like, okay, so, you know, again, not being afraid to, re- to refer out, yeah. being a good friend, um, you know, being a good partner, being a good uh, coach, whatever. It's like, okay, I actually think, you know, given the behavior at the moment, we might need to seek some help and just like do that because yeah. there's people way better at that kind of stuff than we are. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, totally agree. All right. So the next one, um, just closing off physical health, um, is just talking about rest and sleep. So adequate rest and sleep. So we talk about this a lot um, and it's important because if we, it's probably the most important thing in my opinion, like sleeping is it like really does influence every other you know, physical marker of health. So we need to make sure we're getting adequate amounts of sleep. We've spoken about this heaps. You know, it helps with like brain development, body repair, cognition, skill development, all of those things, memory, decision-making, you know, cognition, Etc. Etc. So we need to ensure that we're getting adequate amounts of sleep, and the adequate amount of sleep for a adult is six to eight hours, and it can be a little bit more if you're hyperactive, if you're a hyperactive individual, or interested in muscle growth. Uh, so generally, and I know people are like, oh no, sleep when you're dead, and they kind of wear their um, the amount of hours that they don't sleep um, like a badge of honor, but it really is like just sending you in a state of like ill health that increases yeah. your blood pressure. It makes you make bad decisions when you eat. It makes you less conscious of the food that you're eating at the time. So you don't feel hungry. Uh, so yeah. you don't feel full. So you, and it makes you eat like highly palatable energy dense food because it's searching for that. Um, it makes you perform shit. It suppresses uh, fat loss. It increases muscle wastage. Again, you write it down all the things that a bad night's sleep gives you. Like yeah. it's fucking really bad for someone who's trying to improve their physical health or change their body composition. So. De- decreases your memory storage, decreases your learning, yep. decreases your yep. uh, ability to access information. So essentially yep. makes you dumber to then believe that yeah. having less sleep is better. Yeah, I think like a certain amount of like sleep deprivation is the same as like having a blood alcohol concentration mm-hmm. of like point, over 0.05 or something. So you can just let yeah. that sink in. It's like they don't let us drive cars to make because we can't make quick decisions yeah um they put people's lives at risk so they don't allow us to drive or we shouldn't we get punished for it but if you are sleep deprived for a certain amount of time i think it's like uh five days or something yeah three days of sleep deprivation or something um and that's just not that's not that's not not sleeping that's just like not getting adequate amounts so go to sleep tonight math yeah jason won't be allowed to drive to work yeah and, uh, I don't know. I, I probably shouldn't have drove to work the other day. Actually, um, four hours. So I, I was lucky. It's just like down the street and over the bridge. I'm like, yeah. Even when I got in the car, I'm like, I'm lucky that this car kind of drives itself. Yeah. Like I just pilot it. Like you know, yeah. just steer. Just push it'll the do everything. It'll do everything else for me. Yeah. <laughs> if I get into a real bad situation, like it does stop. It'll stop and everything. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, and then uh, what? It probably we haven't gone into, which is still important. It's just like time, like. Uh, structured downtime, you know, where you are resting and again, not wearing your productivity and the amount of work you do like a badge of honor as well. Uh, Cause you burn the candle at both ends and you're going to run out of a wick at the end. So yeah. um, it's important to just make sure that we put our feet up sometimes, just chill the fuck out and ensure that we can kind of get those uh, stress accumulating or stress elevating hormones that really do, do take most people through their day, just nice and suppressed and allow their body to just chill the fuck out. I think that um, I guess the best way to describe it is like an anecdotal rabbit hole is something that I'm really investigating at the moment is just that highly strung for the full, I guess, 16 hour period that you're awake. Um, 
and being able to kind of deal with, I guess, how you deal with that stress. So are you stressed about work? Are you stressed about relationships? Are you stressed about training? Um, obviously you got nutrition and like lack of all the other stuff that we've talked about. Like if you're in pain, you're going to be really stressed. Um, all of those factors that come together that increase your level of stress throughout the day. And even I've been looking at um, myself, my average stress score on my garments gone up just because I've put on a lot of body weight and my body's not really enjoying it too much. <laughs> Struggling. Yeah. Um, but even my stress score while I'm asleep is much higher. So I'm still getting the same REM cycles, same, same amount of deep sleep and stuff as average. But my overall stress score for the day is net higher simply because it's higher while I'm asleep. Um, so the sleep quality, I would assume, is obviously lower plus the increased stress during the day um, yep. is not conducive in the long term. Um, so definitely a consideration. So that's a perfect segue moving into the next pillar of health, we'll call it. So we're not... This isn't a hippie podcast or anything, but we'll just call it a pillar. Um, so we were talking about mental health now. <clears throat> so mental health is a level of psychological well-being or an absence of mental illness. Now, it is the psychological state of someone who is functioning at a satisfactory level of emotional and behavioral adjustment. So basically what it's saying is it's about having a sense of purpose, getting involved in the things that, or getting involved with things, coping with stress and setbacks, forming relationships and being in touch with your own thoughts and emotions. So this yeah. is still something like as coaches that we work with a lot. Mm. Uh, Cause I don't know about you. Well, no, I do know like you've worked with enough people and kind of just seen them like come out of their shell, like over the time you've worked with them. And I've worked with a lot of people for like years. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the, it's like, it's, it's, I call it the opportunity to have worked with a lot of people for a very long time. You just see them at the start. They're like, you know, really shy. Um, they've got these goals. They're a bit scared to commit to them because they've never really kind of experienced a lot of, uh, I'm not going to call it success, but like just setting like highly emotional goals that mean lots to that person, not getting them. Yeah. You know? And then once they kind of chip one away, it's like, you start, you know, the chest gets a little bit taller, you know, they get another one, they get another one. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, seeing their life or taking control of their life through their behaviors and actions is actually really attainable. And then all of a sudden they just walk around like nice and tall and proud, you know, generally demeanor is quite positive. And then that's when you can kind of see when they've had like a bad day or they're having a bad time, just because mm -hmm. their total demeanor starts to kind of change a little bit. And you're like, is everything all good? Like, yeah you okay today you kind of seem a little bit off yep so yeah that's um i think it's a really undervalued undernoticed underplayed element of when we mentioned at the start off the top it's like be the difference between being a trainer and being a coach i feel like it's in this stuff um more so than what we talked about. So obviously there's a sliding scale of trainers. Like you can be a session spectator or a session. Um, yeah. Spectator is probably the best word for it. Or then you can be like a good trainer with your programming and all that kind of stuff. When you start to move into that, like true coaching sort of role where you're manipulating lots of variables in a person's life. Um, if you think about like nutrition and encouraging sleep and um, their training, particularly if they hold training in a high uh, it's high up their total pole of importance, then you're really manipulating a lot of things that contribute to the mental health of that individual. 
Yeah, so and you, I think... Oh, sorry, you go, go. So you need to be really aware then of the implications of that and the signs of that. Um, and the ability something that I've kind of found and like speak to a lot of people now, obviously on Instagram um, where I speak to all my leads and stuff. They're like, Oh yeah, everyone's on online now. It's like, yeah, I get it. Everyone is online, but they're also not coaching online. A lot of people are just sending training programs. That's not coaching. Setting macros isn't coaching. It's like when I get a check-in, it's like, okay. um, I think two people in the last two weeks, I'm be like, okay, you need to deload. Um, one of them, I was like, Hey, I'm going to be training at this place at this time. You need to be there. Um, let's train, let's have a chat. Um, just to kind of refocus goals and stuff. Cause you just see trends. Some people you'll have are typically up and down and a little bit more neurotic than others. And some people will be like, bang, 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 bang. And then all of a sudden it's like a month. It's like, Whoa, where have you gone? Yeah. So being able to tap into the mindset of the individual and read those signs, is really important, be it face-to-face or online. And then understanding that sometimes when we're looking at the picture of health, shit's more important than how much weight you can put on a fucking barbell sometimes. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Like we do a lot of things that fall into this, like, you, you know, coming in and training and stuff and setting people goals. And even, even sometimes letting them or letting them know that you have, you believe they have tremendous potential. It's like, you know, they may not realize it there and then. And it's like, Oh, you know, you should do this. So then all of a sudden they go, you know, they might go really. And it's like, yeah, I think you should do this. And you know, you've done it. I've done it. We still do it. Um, And then all of a sudden, like you've given that person a little bit of a sense of purpose. Like I'm not saying that like we're sitting here going, your sole purpose is to be a (laughs) in shape for the STC fit parachute. Yeah. An intermediate power lifter. And that's what it, but like it's going to cross over to so many other things. Like, you know, it's like the behaviors of uh, and the actions of, you know, not missing your workouts and committing to your diet and, and committing to your recovery and, over like overcoming adversity and dealing with not hitting lifts and maybe not getting the results you wanted and coping with stresses and identifying them and, you know, taking control of your emotions and stuff when sometimes shit doesn't go your way. And especially in the gym, like we've all been disappointed before either with the results that we've gotten that we thought were better than they actually were, or we missed the lift or, you know, something along those lines. And, you know, we help cope like putting coping mechanisms with those people, with those clients to help them, you know, deal with that stuff and deal with adversity and stuff. And that's going to cross over to a lot of things. Like I've always said, you can really tell a lot about the character of someone, the way they work out and the way they carry themselves in the gym. And that, and that's not just how they train. So like, it doesn't matter if they just train hard, but it's like, how do they cope with, you know, not getting the results they want? Like, do they pull the sheets over the head or do they go to me? Like, what should I do now? And it's like, do this, do this, do that. And then they just take it and fucking go with it. You know, uh, do they, if they miss a lift, do they just like, you know, stamp their feet and huff and puff and, you know, walk out of the gym like a kid that's taken his ball and left when he's, when he's been losing? Um, or do, do, do they go, okay, so what are the points that need improving on? Let's, let's work on them kind of thing. Yeah. So I really think that um, in a small way, we do take care of a lot of that stuff and it does carry over to a lot of things when, when we talk about um, mental health for people. Yeah, and I think... Helping coping. Something that we've evolved naturally over the last few years is like the photo shoot thing and the lift offs. Um, 
and at other kind of competitions and challenges and stuff. And it doesn't have to be those that size specifically, like a, a commitment between you and your coach is fine. Um, but something that I definitely noticed as a trend is people committing into those outcome-based goals changes the mindset and everything that you just said in terms of like finding that, like you said, it's not purpose of, for their whole life, but it's a purpose around why they're eating, why they're training, why they're disciplined. Mm-hmm. And then I think I was actually having this discussion yesterday about like, do you, I don't, you and I feel like we kind of a bit disconnected, but like our generation and younger, we cop a lot of flack for kind of being a bit lazy and soft and all that type of stuff. And I think a lot of it is we were the first generation kind of told do what makes you happy. And I think that's kind of been maybe a little bit just twisted the wrong way. And it's like, okay, have you felt what it's like to put in a 12 week dieting process, train, fuck up along the way, um, powerlifting meet, miss a meet, uh, miss a lift or in prep, miss a lift. Those like real lows, being able to pick yourself up out of them, continue on and go through all of that kind of struggle and achieve something at the end of it. And for mine, that's like a, a way more fulfilling happiness than fuck it. I'm gonna put Netflix on. Yeah. So it's not about like instantaneous happiness. It's about a long process and being able to ride waves of emotion over a long period of time and understand that, like I, I've done it before, gone and trained on a Saturday morning and by like three o'clock in the afternoon, Amy's like, the fuck's wrong with you? And I'm like, I missed the deadlift this morning. I should have hit. Actually, I don't miss deadlifts. I missed a squat. <laughs> so I missed the squat this morning that I should have hit or I didn't get the weight that I wanted yeah. to. She's like, okay. It's like, yeah, I know it's stupid, but I'm upset about it. <laughs> but I need to feel this right now to give me the motivation for the next four weeks to make sure it doesn't happen next cycle. Yeah. So, yeah, I think just putting all those pieces together and obviously we also have the, um, the whole mindset module with our client education system where it's just like goal setting, identifying values, beliefs, maybe ones that are limiting you at the moment um, in your health and fitness journey. And like you said, they're all going to cross over into your um, yeah. real normal life as well. Yeah, yeah super, super positive and then even if we go from like performance coaching so if we put our um bodybuilding powerlifting prep hats on it's the number one for me it's the number one thing to be like okay you need a deload or you need more food or something it's like you're seeing that mental side of things kind of come down it's like it's gonna actually if you if your your job is to get a physical outcome from the person and that's why they've hired you this stuff is going to directly affect that. Yeah, I think like the longer you work with people, the more you get, you start working on more of this stuff and getting the best out of your client here, like yeah. managing their stress, managing you know adversity and how they respond from that. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that forms a close relationship with you and the, your client, um, getting them in touch with their thoughts and emotions and getting them to express them to you in relation to the training and the goal and, you know, maybe potential obstacles and all those kind of things. Like it gets to a point where you step outside of exercise prescription and motivation, which is generally what we do at the start exercise, prescription, planning and motivation, and then go, right. 
we need to be a bit deep. We need to go a little bit deeper now. We need to really start getting things specific to that person. Um, this is the space where we work next. Um, and it, once you get through, once the person knows exercise proficiency and work ethic, this is where we get the most results. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We can stay there all day and do a whole episode. So we probably should move on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, the next one, social health, Ben. So do you want to give us a description of what that is? Um, yeah. So actually I, I'm going to throw it back to you because I know this has been higher up your totem pole over the last mm. probably two to three months. So I think your insight yep. will be yep, really yeah, valuable to this at the moment. Yeah. So um, overall, your social health is generally about how you get along with other people. Um, that involves the ability to um, have satisfying interpersonal relationships with others. So that's the main, the main scope there. Relate, it also relates to your ability to adapt comfortably in different social situations. So that's probably not something that I'm the best at. Um, and act appropriately in, variety, in a variety of settings. So I'm not saying like, uh, you know, like I'm a fucking demon and shit, like in a, an environment that we shouldn't be. But uh, sometimes like if we get into a really, really, really big social setting, and there's like a huge group of people, uh, like I'll just sit there dead silent and everyone's like kind of chatting away having these really awesome conversations I'm assuming. And I'm kind of just like, I don't know if I'm just like lapping it up. Like, and I'm, yeah, I kind of just like sit back and have a look around and I'm like, okay, so, um, you know, where am I going to put myself? Like, I know it's not a huge thing. It's not a big deal. Um, but I definitely find myself in a lot of situations like just sitting back and looking around and going like, you know, you know, it's about 15 people talking and you know, I'm kind of just sitting here chilling. Um, but, uh, Outside of that, it's about how important are having relationships, you know, I guess just outside of like the, the circle that you have, like, like immediate circle. Um, and what does that serve for you? And I guess when I was a bit younger, like maybe the frequency of like social outings was really high. Um, so, you know, like my friends would want to hang out five, five times a week. Um, so, you know, cause I was like, you know, we're trying to get fucking massive. I didn't really kind of go out too much because like I had the flexibility of kind of just jumping in and out when I needed to, you know, but uh, as we got a little bit, little bit older um, and I was still behaving that way, like going to the gym, you know, not wanting to go out drinking and going out socializing and stuff. And like my friends accepted that I wasn't going to drink and I wasn't going to have, I was only going to have like meat and salad at sometimes. I wasn't going to have chips and I wasn't going to have me, me pot with me Palmer, you know, yeah. kind of thing. But then, yeah, like it did get to a point where like I would, wouldn't see my friends for about eight months, you know, and they're just like, like, yeah, I'd be like maybe super jacked or super shredded, but I didn't really kind of see anyone. Yeah. Um, so it got to a point like as I got older and those social outings got less frequent, you know, kids, marriage, all those kind of things with everyone, um, me having two dogs. <laughs> um, as we started to organize uh, more social events, like they started to become a big deal, you know, and then I was like, well, I haven't seen my friends for three or four months, maybe, you know, we talk every day on social media and stuff, but I'm like, well, I want to go, you know? And then the next thing came up and the next thing came up and I was like, what's more important to you right now, Jace? Like, do you want to be turning heads in the gym and being the biggest rippedest dude you can possibly be? Or like, do you want to go and hang out with your friends and, and, you know, maybe a year later, like, Oh, I remember that time when we went here and we did this and we had, a, you know, a laugh and this happened and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, that's way more important to me right now, you know, given like where I am in life, you know? Um, so that's 
why I've kind of the last three to six months, I guess, taken a little bit of a step back in terms of like my commitment to my training, but I come full circle again. And now we're like trying to find that middle ground. And yeah, you know, I kind of feel like, cause I've worked on my social health for a bit, like it kind of got me back and I'm feeling very fulfilled there. Yeah. So I don't feel like I need to work on it too much. I don't know. Yeah. I remember we had, when we were doing the cert three, four stuff, it was one of the Friday night, Saturday, and then we had an event on the Sunday. Um, and my mate had his, wasn't a huge birthday and it was out the other side of the city. We go home on the Saturday night. I was just like, I'm fucked and I've got to be up to, um, I have a feeling it was like a mentorship induction or something like that. Yeah. It'll be up and be there at nine o'clock. Um, text last minute cancelled. Um, my mate was obviously not real happy about it. Um, and at the time I was like real, um, no, like, fuck man. Like you should be understanding. I have to work sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and it, that kind of stuck with me. And since I don't reckon I've missed, uh, something like that, like a, a birthday or a, yeah. or a kid's, um, birthday or anything like that amongst that group of friends. Like we've been friends for kind of 10, 15 years longer for some of them. Um, it was like, and in that decision was like, it doesn't matter what it takes. It doesn't matter if I don't drink, it doesn't matter if I take food. Um, like at the moment it's like, if I'm going to barbecues, I still have to take a packet of peckish and two bags of lollies <laughs> just because like, I'm not going to eat what normal people eat, but like I'm willing to drive two hours to an event for two hours and drive home just to kind of facilitate that um, side of my life as well. Obviously with training still a really high priority um, drinking and all that kind of stuff that I would have done back in the days is, is a lot less, but thankfully a lot of my friends are starting to have kids. So that's kind of slowed down anyway, yep. which is nice. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So um, I think the other thing as you get older, which is pretty important as well, is like actually honing in on like the, like the satisfying interpersonal relationship part of it. So it's like how unique and uh, how satisfying is the, is your relationship with said individual and what do you bring to that and how do you behave for that other person to think that way too. Yeah. And this comes down to like, like sending a text like last minute and being like, I can't make it. Like yeah. I've been, uh, you know, a culprit of that in the past. I've had friends be really big culprits of it. And it just like really distanced us for a long period of time. And it's like, mm -hmm. even, you know, if you're going to meet up and it's like, it's always like, Oh, you've got to come over this side of the town, you know, and come and see me. And it's like, we, are you going to make a bit mm -hmm. of an effort to kind of go out out of your nest and, you know, be more than 20 minutes from home kind of thing to, yeah. you know, just do the right thing kind of, you know, I feel like this day and age, especially it's easy to cancel because you can just send a text now. Yeah. Um, back in the day you had to make a phone call, which was yeah. even harder. And then before that, it's like, you just had to fucking go. Yeah. And if you don't um, show up, then like, yeah, it's just real shit. Yeah. <laughs> Say nothing. Like it's different than having a conversation, like ringing someone up and they're like, Oh mate, I can't come, you know, this and yeah. that. We're like just sending a made up text. If you just literally can't be fucked. Yeah. Um, it's just like, how are you adding to the satisfaction of that relationship? Are you making that interpersonal? I think that, yeah, like just developing these meaningful relationships or a more greater, deeper, meaningful relationship with your friends is a really important thing. It's like, what kind of conversations do you guys have? Yeah. Like, do you guys have fun? Yeah. You know, are you just sitting there like fucking bitching all the time? Like, yeah. is it, do you walk away from that, those relationships, drained. you know, drained? Like, is that person an energy vampire? 
or do you feel absolutely invigorated and you're happy and you laugh and then you're like, you know, um, or if you haven't met someone for a little bit, you know, I'm caught up and you catch up and it's like, you guys have never met. It's like, what is it that you put into that relationship that makes it that way? You know? Yeah. And I think that's important to know. And, and even then, like try your best to, like, I'm not saying don't see, you know, like these friends that you have that maybe feel make you feel a bit drained, but I'm just saying like, you manage might want them. to spend it. Yeah. You manage, manage the amount of time, manage them. That's probably yeah. the best way to say, yeah, manage them. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And the last thing that I wanted to talk about before we move on to the next one was just this interesting, uh, Harvard study that they spoke about. So basically what they're trying, what they're, uh, coming to the assumption now is that, um, showing, uh, well, there's a, sorry, showing that a lack of strong social ties puts you at a greater health risk than obesity. So we think about that, like that's pretty massive in terms of, like how influential it is because like we've had this like obesity crisis, like a crisis bed for how, however long I've been alive. Like I think once I could remember words and put them into my long-term you know, like memory, yeah. obesity has always been on the TV, you know? So there's what was, this, what was that guy's name? Um, which guy? The, the cartoon character. I'm going to find the ad. You do keep it. going. I'm a fine. Okay. Yeah, do it. So um, there's been, there's an 80 year long Harvard study uh, done on individuals which showed the quality of close social relationships was actually the best victor of health and happiness. Yeah. So not only is it important to consider the health of our bodies, but we need to consider the health of our communities as well. And like we talk about it all the time, um, just as our, like this, this STC fit movement has evolved. Yeah. Like it was, two, you know, three guys with a vision, you know, trying to change the landscape of personal training for people, you know, then it was three, four guys with a vision trying to change the landscape for people and trainers. And yeah. now it's, you know, hundreds Huge. of people, you know, belonging to a community that's like-minded, can lean on each other, support each other, you know, it's, and I think that that's so important because we just like, we talk about it in the past about like our tribal um, ancestry. Like we like to belong to camps, you know? Yeah. And this is a really good example of that. It's like creating some, some belonging to people, even in our space, we've seen tremendous, I guess, momentum and yep. tremendous growth, even just in the, uh, what would you call it? Like, you know, when you go to a business and they have a good culture, mm. even in the, the tremendous change and development of culture, like we have a really good culture as a group. Yeah. You know, and I think that um, when it comes to social health and linking it to physical health, because we obviously are trying to get physical outcomes of people, we get way better results yeah, definitely. Because people, it's like you've got this group of like-minded people and they're like, oh, what workout are you doing today? Oh, that sucks. Like, I hate yeah. Bulgarian split squats. <laughs> oh, you're doing this phase. Like, you're doing the density phase. You're doing the lactic acid phase. Like, that shit sucks. But, yeah. like, good luck with that. Like, yeah. you know, I'm glad that it's gone. It's like, Everyone oh, just loves to hate us and swear at us. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. And it gives people... So, all of a sudden, you know, two complete strangers that might have just seen each other in the Facebook group on Instagram start to go, oh you know, you always comment on that thread and oh, it's so good to meet you. And 
you know, all those kind of interactions that we have and they, they might eventually, we've had people like become actual friends, like, yeah, like proper go out, hang out, holidays, weekends away just from this thing that we've created. Yeah. Which is really fucking cool. And I, I, I get asked like, um, usually no. Yeah. Usually I'm the bud of said jokes um within the social media stuff and people are like do you get shitty about it it's like a i don't take myself seriously enough to get upset about a picture of my face and the captions like, yeah i can find yeah. for one bad uh, but two like if that's what brings the community together and it's not personal fucking send it like i it's it's not um it's not hurting anyone it's not no. um it's not gonna yeah if it's all this harmless banter yeah all about it yeah start saying calling me out personally then we'll probably have some yeah. some discussions <laughs> but before that we're all sweet then we'll um, you. <laughs> yeah so the ad campaign that i was trying to think of is called life be in it the big fat oh, name is norm yes yes yeah i do remember that. Dude, how old is that and actually i just looked it up and i didn't know that it was this old but um the first one was 1985 wow so it's like well before us man yeah i wonder what like when they just like you know like when was the point where they just be like we're not putting on tv no more like we're losing yeah <laughs> like it's over it's a waste of time yeah, yeah. So, so, when did they yeah when do they come to that it's just like no nah. yeah yeah no one gives a shit about norm anymore yeah yeah this is this is way deeper than old normie can handle so before we move on to um the next thing I, I i think it's important for us because the theme so far has been like okay personal training into client trainer relationships etc understanding i actually think this is one of the hardest ones to coach um because it if you're not aware of it and you haven't had the discussion with your client it can be really frustrating to be like oh why you get results like you're going out and getting fucked up with your friends every weekend and you missed a session and this and that. And it's like, as a coach, it's kind of like, well, fuck. And then it's really easy if you're in a zone of my social health is taking, whether it's consciously or unconsciously, my social health is a higher priority than my physical training. So, and a, a physical outcome, let's say, let's say I've got, um, my physical health on average is okay, but I'm prioritizing my social health right now. It does become quite difficult to stay motivated and disciplined with your training. Um, if it's not a priority. And I feel like that's where a lot of client coaching relationships actually break down. And the easiest way to solve that is just like, are you happy with the progress you're getting? Hmm. Are you willing to keep giving the trade-offs that you're doing right now, understanding that maintenance is going to be progress for you if you continue to make these decisions. Yeah, I think, I'm, um, I'm not here to tell you whether that's good or bad. That's up to you to decide. And when you decide, I will help guide you in the direction of the outcomes that you want. But if your primary outcome is to be able to still have friends with you, have nights out with your mates on the weekends, like your progress is going to be slower. You need to be cool with that. We're both cool with that. Then we can move on. Yeah. I think that transparency is like everything like this. It's this one's probably starting to turn more towards like trainers, but even clients like respecting the transparency of like your, your trainer as well. Just being like, well, if we continue this behavior, like this is what you're, you should expect. 
or this is what you're going to expect. It's like, you're going to get suboptimal results for example. Yeah. Um, and as the, as the trainer, like your, your goal is essentially part of your goal now and the, the evolution of the personal trainer um, into this more refined kind of coach is trying to find and identify all behaviors and things that are important to that person. Then possibly finding a way to balance them out with the reason why they hired you in the first place. And sometimes that can be, you know, even just like reducing certain things, like just reducing the frequency of alcohol consumption, for the example, or even just reducing the times that they eat out, or even just like when they do go out, even just altering the decisions that they make, maybe the food they order, yeah. maybe the type of alcohol they order, maybe how many they, how many drinks they actually have. Yeah. They might just sit on a, like one drink for a couple of hours and get a new one, for example. So I think like it's all, it's very, it's good to be transparent with the client saying, you know, this behavior isn't going to get you this and et cetera, et cetera. But remember that there's some people like not everyone needs to be jacked and shredded, nor do they want to be Um, and strong as well. Some people just want to be in a healthy weight range and they want to be able to do all of the other things in life. And I had a really cool conversation with a couple of friends of mine and that's like, they were just like, I want to be a ripped Adonis. I just don't want to, I just want to be able to fit and clothes nicely and I just don't want to be like in a position where later in life I'm going to get sick. Yep. But they're like, I still want to like, you know, not eat what I want, but like, you know what I mean? They just like, they just, they feel like when they go on a health kick, like they're all this food just goes out the window. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the same, they just like, I still want to go out and have fun. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you can still do that. Like, you know, that's when we step in and go, well, this is what we need to do to service that. Yeah. A little bit of cardiovascular exercise, a little bit of strength training, yep. you know? Like maybe during the days or during the weeks when you're not socializing, we should eat this way. Yep. We should try and get as much nutrients as possible here because when we go out, we don't get that much there. Mm-hmm. You know, review the process. Are you happy with the results? Like you said, have those discussions and move on. You know, and get and maybe have some more intervention later if needed. Nothing to add. Nail in the coffin. Awesome. Beautiful. So moving on to the next uh, pillar of health. So we've got two to go. We should be quite quick because, you know, we don't really... Because okay. on these two, much they, these two are <laughs> definitely our wheelhouse, Jason. We'll so be what, able to expand um, on this. <laughs> so I uh, will look at the next one: spiritual health, um, which refers to possessing meaning and purpose in life and having a clear set of beliefs, living in accordance to your morals, values, and ethics. So, like when you first throw out like spiritual health, like me and Ben both just like kind of spread our faces. I think it's like essential oils and shit. <laughs> um, you know, and like lavender. I just think lavender when someone says spiritual. I don't know why. Um, maybe you have a connection to that oil, Jason, we should get some lavender in your house. (laughs) Um, however, uh, many factors play uh, a part in defining, you know, uh, spirituality, religious faith, beliefs, values, ethics, principles, and morals. So all of those things add up and I guess, you know, mold together and define like your version, um, of spiritual health and what that, you know, how you behave and act and stuff which is pretty powerful because, you know, we do have our set beliefs and we have our morals and values and ethics, even as a business as well. Like we set those and we sometimes question whether we should, you know, maybe lower them a little bit because we see other people who have very little who cash in on them, but that would affect my rest and relaxation. So then my physical health would be impaired. <laughs> so I wouldn't be able to sleep at night <laughs> on my bed of money. <laughs> that Simpsons episode with three beautiful ladies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm still going to throw Simpsons quotes out. I don't care about this next generation. 
Yeah, you don't know. Watch the damn Simpsons. If you like Disney, Disney yeah. Plus, They're all available. Just do it. Yeah, greatest cartoon series of all time. Yeah, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like we, uh, like I still feel like we work on this a lot. Like, you know, we, especially with our coaches, generally, it's like we challenge like their like their morals and their beliefs and you know why you know and we. I'm not saying like we 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 don't push a, a, a set of morals and principles onto them. But we just like challenge like why they think that way. Yeah. Because sometimes a lot of the time, especially when you're younger, it's like you're most of everything you do is based off replicating the people that raised you mm. and the interactions that you had. Like even if you had like like whatever school teachers you had and like yeah. you know, the area that you lived in and the and the, the socio demographic of them, your your friends and you know, what was deemed cool and you know, all of those kind of things, like all of that stuff, like where you felt you sat in the world like influences like your morals and ethics and principles and all those things. So yeah. it's important now to just try and I guess like as you get older, um, you know, set like what are the things that are important to you? And like it's it's funny when you ask someone like what their morals and ethics are, like they don't really, they wouldn't be able to answer you. There's not many people that would be able to answer you. And I think that like how you could find out someone's morals and ethics would be based around the things that they like to do the most or the goals that they have in life. So they, you know, you can kind of reverse engineer someone's morals or the things that are important to them based off that. It's like, all right, you know, my goal is to be, you know, really strong like you, you know, that's your goal. So then you go, okay, so what are the behaviors and stuff that I need to do that? And then all of a sudden we get down to a situation where it's like, okay, so, you know, my, I, I value discipline. I don't, I, I value challenge. Uh, I value uh, you know, whatever, like that's where you could probably reverse engineer it for people at home, which are like thinking about it. It's like, Oh, do I even have, like, do I have these, you know? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a find one and bring it to the next episode. I actually did one um, late last year with my coach, like my um, mindset coach, psychologist person um, around. We had a, it was like a huge deck. It was like 50 cards, I think just with a list of different values on it. Um, you had to pick out 20 that kind of resonated with you. And then of the 20, pick the five that you're, um, are the most important that you're doing right now, that you mm. like uh, actioning. And then another five that are important to you, but you feel like aren't getting enough attention. Yeah, um, that's cool. So being able to then go, okay, like, oh, like creativity is very important to me and I'm not doing it right now. Yeah. Um, so I feel at the end of the week, when we talk about like um, having a, uh, so refers to possessing meaning and purpose of life and having a clear set of beliefs and living accordance to your morals. If you're not able to then live through that and express that, then obviously that's going to, we tie back that up into like, this is emotional health, but it's going to affect your mental health and your, how you feel in the world and all that type of stuff as well. So identifying those things is really, really valuable. Yeah. And being uh, in, I think, being able to challenge them as well. Yeah. Because you've got people that are like, you know, they've got these set beliefs, you know, they're set. Um, and if someone, and I, let's just, I'll throw it out there. Like the religion one, religious yeah. faith. Some people are going to question that. I'm, I'm not a religious person. My grandparents were extremely religious and I can see why. Yeah. Because they, you know, grew up in a time of war. They, you know, there were certain situations that happened that you cannot even, yeah. um make rationale of like a 
it's like a, a, a bomb that went through, like got dropped out of a plane and landed into a, a church and didn't go off. And it's like, okay, well, if you're not religious, like you kind of fucking are now, you yeah. know what I mean? Kind of, yeah. you know, so just certain things like that, like, you know, they survived and, you know, they probably had to rely on, you know, that faith to get them through, you know, they were locked inside yeah. underground and, you know, all the, it was just sirens and explosions going off. So it's like, there's no TV, there's no Netflix, there's no mobile yeah. phones. It's like, what do you do? Like, you know, you get together, you pray, you know, and you hope for the best and it gives you, yeah. so, but there's going to be certain situations where people challenge that. Yeah, you know, and there's going to be certain situations where people challenge your beliefs, like, you know, like um, I guess you and I are part of a generation where we're we're stuck in the middle, um, and I think that that's tremendously valuable because we we had a generation before us that was like respect your elders, and it's like that guy's a fucking idiot though. <laughs> it's like no, no, you respect him because you're older, right? Yeah. And then we've got then we've got the generation after us, which is like, nah, we don't have to fucking. We don't have to respect nobody, you know what I mean? Like I'm my own person and I'm a free spirit and you know, freedom of speech and all this kind of shit, right? Yeah. We we're in the middle where it's like, no, 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 I respect this person. They're older than me, they're wiser than me, they have things to to give to me that are valuable. But if you're a fuckwit, yeah, you're a fuckwit. Yeah. So we're 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 like I kind of yeah, we we're in this middle ground of like you know, we, we, we want to work hard and smart. Yeah. The, the ones before us worked hard. The yeah. ones after us worked, want to work just smart. Yeah. And so we're in this position where we're like, no, 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 no. You, it, you can have both. Like we're the, we're the girl in the taco ad. Like we're like, fuck you. You can, yeah. you can have both. Like seriously. Yeah. Um, and I think that, uh, it, like that example just comes up so often. Like you can see it, you know, uh, here especially. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really important mindset to have to be to be able to question everything. Yeah. Um, and I refuse to discuss my opinion publicly. But um, even just like Dad and I have been having lots of discussions around climate change at the moment. I can knew it. <laughs> um, and it's like it's really interesting to be able to go. All right, well, let's go down this rabbit hole and read this, and then we'll discuss yeah. it and challenge each other's ideas and thoughts on yeah. that. Um, and to dad's credit he's 53 or four or something and he's actually willing to be really liquid and malleable with his beliefs and stances on stuff he's not really hard line about it um which is maybe where i get it from i don't know yeah um but yeah like being able to have those conversations and tying it back into fitness it's like okay let's not when somebody and this is for example like when you're on the gym floor and your your client says to you like what's that exercise supposed to do and you look up and it's a pt training someone and you're like uh whatever it's supposed to do they're not actually doing it fucking shit but what actually comes out of your mouth is the exercise is for this maybe it would be better if they executed it this way it would be more effective so it's like my mindset now is like let's try and look at particularly in the fitness industry is like, what can, what's the positive that could maybe come out of that yeah. rather than like, fuck that thing. Um, yeah. We've done huge stuff on, we did a whole episode on the fasting stuff. And it's like, okay, if that, if fasting allows you to eat less calories, great. Yeah. Um, and it makes you feel good and you have good energy and all that. Sweet. Like yeah. you do, the, rules, the same, the same rules still apply. But as soon as you start saying it's magic, I'm gonna fight you. 
Um, <laughs> but it's the same thing. It's just as dumb to say like, oh, fasting's fucking stupid. Never do it. Because it does have viable applications yeah, in some scenarios. Yep. Yep. Agreed. All right. So moving on to the last one. So finishing off with environmental health. So it's like how environmental, uh, sorry, how the environment influences human health and disease. So environment in this context means things in the natural environment like air, water, soil, and also the physical, chemical, biological, and social features of our surroundings. So we don't like, we don't have much influence here. Like if we're talking about in terms of like training and stuff, like I did have, um, I'm going to be as brief as possible just so like I don't, you know, point out certain individuals because there will be people who connect the dots. But I know of someone who would encourage people (laughs) to potentially relocate their residence um, if they had like a greater, a great exposure to like uh, non-native EMF and shit. So, uh, and like, it's all in uh, like, like best, best interest at heart though. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like said individual was like really close to like a power meter thing. It was like near their bed and it was a really small apartment. So their like back wall uh, was their kitchen. So their microwave was really yeah. close because the devil's in the distance with yeah. the EMF. Like it drops off after a certain amount of uh, like meterage or, you know, space. Mm-hmm. So this particular individual just could not get out of you know there was like wi-fi there was power the power meter the the oven and stuff and like they couldn't sleep they were irritable just showing all of the uh proposed symptoms of uh non-native emf exposure like excess non-native emf like to the point where they got like a meter and shit and they're in their house and stuff yeah like so um that might be a situation where like increasing awareness of environment and stuff could be worthy um or if they're like in a situation with like you know like now like with air air quality in melbourne and australia in particular just with the um the fires that we've had that have just wreaked havoc through our whole country air quality has been really poor so encouraging people maybe in a situation like to wear the mask or not go outside or not even exercise outside like we put a post up in our group that if you're asthmatic and stuff so just like due diligence but i don't think that you know, like this is a part of the health that we can really kind of service. Like, you know, if yeah. someone said, I want to work on my environmental health, like, I don't know if I'd be able to be like, oh, where are you moving to? <laughs> yeah, I feel like for a, a personal trainer, coach, it's going to be instantaneous environment. Um, so do they have their drink bottle? Have they eaten enough today? Um, are they in the right frame of mind to train? Or do they need to go work on their mental health with like some kind of conversation instead of a training session um yeah. moving into like competition space fuck man i went to um summer classic on the weekend gpc meet yep. jesus christ so nationals for apu in perth was 42 degrees um in a huge like warehouse with like i think they had one of those big ass fans like a twenty thousand dollar fan on the roof summer classic was 27 on actually it was it was 31 when i left um and i've never felt so uncomfortably hot in a room ever it was like 10 degrees cooler than nationals but way worse just because they didn't have circulation so in that scenario it's like the likelihood of you the plan that you had going into comp maybe is going to change a little bit yeah i like um, that i like that i like even um like at some at some place or form like your your current environment 
is going to influence um, your your health because it could affect your mental health and your physical um, health as well. So like I'm in a my office is a fucking mess at the moment. So after listening to the James Clear uh, podcast that I had my goals, one of my action points this week, I'm going to uh, clean this place up. This is a fucking shit hole. If I'm being very honest. It is, guys. I've been in there. It's pretty bad. It's probably why my dog (laughs) likes to shit in here at the moment because he thinks that that, this is where we shit. Um, Because there's just shit everywhere. (laughs) Like as in stuff, not actual shit. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, like... Your, your environment's then going to have a downstream effect on everything else. And we talked about like the guy, the prep for the guys for APU. It's like, all right, let's start getting a little bit uncomfortable. Let's start getting in situations yeah. where it's unpredictable what's going to happen so that we can prepare people for the day. For example, Todd is fucking a tin shed with a yeah. bunch of meatheads with chalk everywhere. And someone might not be comfortable in that environment. So like, okay, well let's go somewhere where it's like, different barbell, different time of the day. Yeah. Maybe somewhere where it's hot and it doesn't have an air con. Yeah, you know, all of those kind of things and see if we can kind of get in the space to focus, you know, concentrate, deliver and, you know, get these outcomes that we need to um, on the day that we've spent the last, you know, four months, five months or whatever it is preparing for. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And just like being able to deal with different environments. And then if you spin off that, so we, for the APU stuff were very specific. It was like go and train in a different gym stop squatting in the same squat rack, use a different bench press, go and feel what calibrated steel plates feel like if you don't have them. Um, Train without caffeine, train without headphones, Mm. Um, train at peak hour. If you normally train when it's quiet, like powerlifting is a sport at the end of the day. And we can, we train in like really controlled environments and we don't get exposed to it. Like I know you played soccer and stuff growing up. Like, when you went to soccer training, like it could be wet, it could be cold, yeah. it could be hot, the ground could be good, it could be just mode, it could be long as shit. Like um, the coach could throw something completely out of nowhere at you. Whereas powerlifting is very regimented and it's very controlled environment all the time. So just getting yourself out of that comfort zone before a meet, because your meet's not going to be perfect. You're going to forget some shit. You're going to get in there, and especially like going into an IPF affiliated meet. It's like, show me your gear show me your brand. And like, there's these fucking refs with no emotion asking to see all your stuff that adds pressure. You're white late on your warm up, et cetera, et cetera. So taking that concept and then thinking about, okay, so how is your environment? So one of the things that meetings is in there is like social. Okay. So how is your social environment going to affect your outcomes? What about if you go out for dinner? What about if you, um, have a wedding. What about if you uh, got to train in the morning instead of at night? Like what, what are the possible scenarios that are going to come up and how are you going to be armed to deal with them? Mm. That are the environmental stuff that is outside of your control. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really cool. Awesome. I think that kind of right. caps us off. Yeah. So I guess like just in summarizing, it's like, it's important as a coach um, just to be aware of like these other aspects and other pillars of health and that, you know, there's going to be some are going to overlap, you know, yeah. they're going to overlap and one's going to influence the other and all those kind of things. And I think as you evolve, if you're, if you're a personal trainer right now and you're a little bit new, it's like, you can kind of just, um, I guess, aspire to, you know, get to a point where you're taking into consideration all these things. My advice is again, is not to rush it though. Like don't, yeah don't rush things just you know the evolution of coaching the evolution of like 
uh, you know, continuous uh, improvement and development. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, as a client, it's like, you know, respect your client, uh, respect your coach to have these um, transparent conversations with you um, about like where you're at, what's important to you. Um, if you don't know what's important to you, there are strategies that we use to help identify that um, in our coaching programs and stuff. So yeah, it's uh, definitely something that we work with and manage yeah. daily. Yeah. And I think spinning off on the message for the PTs and the, and coaches out there, like create resources on this stuff. Yeah. Um, Cause you're going to have the same conversation all the time. Like we've, I feel we've done a, a brilliant job of putting together the resource that's coming um, will be finished essentially uh, in, in bunny years as always. Um, Cause nothing we ever do is ever finished. Yeah. We keep so evolving it. The first evolution will be completed. Yeah. So we're obviously launching that for the boss body program um, where we are covering like, here's all the mindset stuff that you're going to need to deal with. Here's your nutrition. Here's how to execute your training, goal setting, um, all of those types of things. You're plugging into a community. So we have Facebook groups, we have group chats with each individual trainer, um, Facebook lives, all of that type of stuff that kind of does our best to tick off all of these things and provide resources to the larger group. Um, and it's skill sets that people will take with them beyond the, the training with us and stuff as well that they can then pass on to others. And when we talk about purpose, it facilitates our purpose. It helps other people facilitate theirs. It's a very positive kind of thing. So if you're a, a PT starting out right now, like your goal is to get proficient at the physical health thing. Like that's, you need to be really good at that because that's the main part of your job. So once you got that down pat, it's like, okay, I've created my resources for that. So you have programming. Maybe you've put out, here's how to use your programming. You've got a video of that. You've got some structure to it and you can give that to your clients. Or here's why I write the programs that I write. Yeah. Something like that. Then it's like, okay, what's the next logical step? It's probably going to be nutrition. So here's some nutrition guidelines based on the healthy eating guidelines. Don't go outside of scope. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Then, okay, so what about rest and sleep? What about mental health? What about social health? What about environment? What about emotion? Start to investigate those things and put together all this stuff. Mm. So then you are armed when it comes to your clientele to actually get the outcomes. Um, and if you're a client and you're looking for a personal trainer slash coach, the first question you ask is how much is it? Just rethink that a little bit based off of this conversation. Um, and just understand that the years of, let's not even say it's years. Say someone can be in their first 12 months and have worked really hard on this. The time and effort and learning that goes into putting this stuff together and the accrued intellectual property and all that type of stuff deserves an extra fee yeah. compared to your, today I wrote this on the whiteboard and you're going to do it while I watch and count reps. That's very different to somebody who sat down and thought about all this shit yeah. and put it together for you. Yeah, it's 100%. Um, so yeah, message for the trainers is be that person. Yeah. Message for the client is make sure you have your hiring so, that person. Search for that person. Yeah. yeah. Ask yeah. what you offer, not what, how much is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so we did... We did promise, sorry, Jason. Um, we did fine. promise that we were going to talk about technique and stuff this week, yeah. but this, this topic just came up. So we thought we'd run with it. Um, so next week, yeah. What's the difference between technique and skill? Just something I've been kind of playing with 
which I'm excited to talk about and work through um, in public because it's always more challenging to talk about it on the podcast. Um, And then stimulus versus fatigue. So understanding the difference between um, killing yourself in the gym versus getting outcomes in the gym. And then we're going to go down a rabbit hole of fatigue um, and just really expand on that a lot, which would be fun. Yeah, which really comes off the stimulus fatigue stuff. So yeah, all tying together. Yep. So if you're a gym goer, um, you have this weekend to register for the Boss Body program. Um, just hit us up on at STC Fit on Instagram. Let us know you want to get involved. Um, we'll also be tying in a photo shoot. It's not compulsory, but it's going to be an option at the end of that. Um, I'm going to be super fat for that. So that'll be really fun. Comprehensive body transformation program. Body that is the one. Um, so everything that we talked about today is yeah. is in that essentially. If you want to learn how to build all of that, then obviously we have the STC Fit Learning Coaches Academy, um, which will kick off the following week. I think we're down to three spots. Um, so don't hesitate. Um, get in touch with us ASAP. If we do have a, an influx, I, I don't know if we'll actually be able to fit in another call. So yeah, it might um, be on the waiting list. Yeah, just get in touch with us ASAP. Make sure you're in this release um, so you're on top of it. I think that's pretty much it. Mate, really added towards that one million outcomes today, I feel. Yes. I feel yeah. real real good about the message that we just spent on this on this subject. On this yeah, topic. I agree. I think there's going to be a lot of positive outcomes coming out today. Yeah, and remember guys, like feedback, share, like screenshot it, share it. Um, share it out onto your um, socials, etc. Mm. We had one of our biggest downloads ever last week. So yeah. thank you for everyone that listened last week and that's come back. Um, but yeah, keep sharing it around. Keep getting this stuff out if you think it's valuable. Yep. And we'll see you next. Well, we won't see you, but we'll speak to you next week. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>